0: Fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify, this is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you?
1: Good. I've been eating for. Constantly. Just basically. constantly. So I'm, I'm a little full still. I've still got a <coughs> sizable food baby uh, going on. I've um, left a lot of them in the toilet. Yeah. It's <laughs> illegal. Nope, nope uh yeah no but I'm good uh it w- i had a good weekend we uh went up to portland went up to see my folks for thanksgiving my family my my extended uh moms side family um did that uh helped my parents around the, around their house they had some yard work slash maintenance that needed to get done so did that um yesterday was my birthday so uh a big had-
0: happy birthday to you
1: Thank you, sir. Had uh, like a date night with the wife. We went and did a Portland restaurant slash movie night. Uh, r- dinner, movie, nightcap, dessert type deal, which was nice.
0: Did you always have weird birthdays as a kid with all your family typically being like sort of concentrated and really tired of each other?
1: You know, that did happen.
0: Yeah, that did happen. Um yeah,
1: it's interesting. When I was a kid, I feel like we had like family birthday parties. That's just not something um, we do, right? Extended mm-hmm. family. And maybe it's just location, right? I don't know.
0: Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Also being in the holiday season.
1: Sure, sure. Well, my kid's birthday, well, Betty's kind of holiday season, but yeah. Uh, How about you? How
0: are you doing? Good. I mean, I'm also in the same post-Thanksgiving food coma. We had a small Thanksgiving at home. We didn't travel for it because I worked. So it was delightful. I did all the food prep on Wednesday. And then when I woke up on Thursday uh, morning-ish, I just turned the oven on and started throwing stuff in. It was amazing. Yeah. So we're still working on leftovers. And that's my favorite part about Thanksgiving is dressing leftovers. I love Thanksgiving dressing. I could even pass on turkey. If I don't have dressing, it's not Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, I
1: feel the same way. I really like a good dressing or stuffing <laughs> or or whatever you want to call it.
0: I mean, I think so the I think piece, a lot of people call it stuffing, but stuffing is when it actually gets in the cavity
1: of the bird. You you stuff the bird with dressing. Yeah.
0: No, with stuffing. And dressing oh. is on the side. And I always use sage, sausage, in
1: mine. Oh, interesting.
0: Rather than just like any other variety of sausage, but some sage sausage to add some extra herbal flavors to it.
1: Do you have a go-to uh, a go-to uh,
0: like sausage stuffing? Like or
1: do you just make it from scratch?
0: I just I mean, I buy the bag of chunks of bread chunks mm-hmm. and then and then do the rest of it from just scratch. Just do the rest of it. My however, I do it.
1: You know, we've always done um, stovetop, which I really like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I've heard good things
0: about Pepperidge Farms. I've had that. I just feel like the moisture content is wrong in the boxed ones. I mean, you can control it though, right? I just feel like I can never quite control it. I feel like it just doesn't ever quite turn out the moisture content I want relative to broth and butter and an egg kind of moisture. Fair enough. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being picky.
1: Fair enough. No. No. Oh, totally fine. Yeah, I do love myself some stuffing slash dressing.
0: I also get really pumped about cranberry sauce. I always do a horseradish cranberry sauce. That is so good. Do tell. I don't know anything about that. It's just cranberry. Like, you know how cranberry sauce is made, right? You're not an out of a can slice it kind of guy? No, no. I very much am an out
1: of the can slice it guy. We always have both. We always have like a nice homemade cranberry and then a canned cranberry. And I I opt for the canned cranberry every time.
0: That's troubling. <laughs> but, so... You like what you like, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Whew. Um So horseradish cranberry sauce is made the same way as cranberry sauce, which is just like a little bit of water, a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. and then cranberries in a pan. And then as the cranberries kind of burst, they sweat off their own moisture, and then it kind of turns into a gelatin. Mm-hmm. And then, it, so as that's working and turning into its gelatin, I put in probably four tablespoons of horseradish and it gives it just like that. So you have that just really super sweet cranberry sauce and a little bit of the bite that you little get from horseradish heat. sauce. Not at the heat, cause because uh, all that acid I feel like melts a lot of the heat, but you get that like that um, really mustardy, yeah, like nasally horseradish flavor. Nice. yeah, I, Oh, I absolutely love it.
1: Nice, that sounds good. I'll have to try it sometime.
0: I need to do it year round cause it'd be really good on like pork tenderloins. You know, that's something we've started doing
1: is doing uh, a Thanksgiving-style dinner, just middle of the week type of deal, because it's actually super easy. Um, I mean, nothing in the meal takes a very long time except for turkey. And when it's just the four of us, I can make, you know, a handful of chicken thighs. We don't have turkey. I just make chicken thighs. But make the stuffing or make the dressing, excuse Mm me, make some
0: mashed potatoes, make some gravy. I need to do it more often. Piece of cake. I roast chickens all the time and we used a chicken this year instead of a turkey because it was just the 3 of us. And I brine it the same way I do a turkey and then I put it in the oven and I always do a a cover like I, I lace up and weave together a bunch of bacon and put it on top of the turkey. Oh yeah. And or the the poultry that I'm making and then put it in the oven. Rather than basting it constantly, so you get all that bacon fat dripping through it. Oh man, that sounds great! And then while I'm carving turkey and doing other prep stuff, I have bacon to yeah, munch yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. It's yeah, it turns out really
1: well. Nice. Well, uh, I, I assume you have like your ringer on, your phone on full alert. Why is that? Well, because you're like any moment away from. No, uh, not yet.
0: Not yet. Okay. Got to wait till the tenth it's I, it, I mean okay yeah no i'm I'm just gonna turn my phone off and if it happens whatever not my problem My <laughs> <laughs> <Would laughs> phone's
1: off please don't do that
0: <laughs>
1: okay okay <coughs> well so, well good well we've got some some watch stuff to talk about and some watch stuff to talk about and, and
0: but first and foremost we're drinking the siete leguas yes. tequila that we talked about last week two weeks ago last Was week it? i think it released on thanksgiving i think that's when we talked about no okay yeah, I think we talked in about the last, last week. couple of weeks. We've talked
1: about this Seven Leagues tequila.
0: What are your thoughts? I think it's delicious. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: fantastic. It's
0: a touch hot, but I like that's hot kind nose. of what you get out of what's this eighty proof. It's definitely a sipping tequila. Oh yeah, this is definitely a sipping yeah, tequila. I offered ice, and I don't think I ice isn't great in it. No, maybe I wouldn't want ice. In maybe a like just a like. Teaspoon of water, yeah, would be nice just to soften it a little bit, but even some,
1: uh, even some like uh, soda water, mm-hmm. open it up a little bit. Yeah. But it's really good, delicious, fantastic. It's... I'm gonna drink a bucket load of it today. Yeah. I mean, we'll we we'll
0: we'll finish this while we go. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs>
1: I, neither one of our wives is gonna be happy with us. It nah, but we'll sleep that. here in the guest room. It's yeah, fine. It'll, be, it'll be fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so watch news. Let me start, please, because. I have an update to last week's episode for the collection inspection, and well, you do. I you do. do. I didn't even think about that. I picked up a DW fifty six hundred one VE one EV. I don't remember. I picked up a fifty six hundred, and this is important because at the time of recording on the Amazon, the men's G Shock quartz watch with resin strap, black twenty model DW fifty six hundred E one V. Is $38.97 on Amazon off of the typical $69.95. So if you're looking for a scream, I saw this because I peruse Amazon around this time of year, just looking for deals on things that I want to buy anyway, and probably would have bought anyway. And I saw this and I was like, well, I'm saving almost as much as I'm spending.
1: <laughs> that is a collector's mentality. Yeah. So I, I
0: mean, off of 70 bucks, I paid 38.97 for it and picked up a DW5600. It is the all it's the the it's the case we all know and love. It's the, the positive 600. display yeah. black Positive case. display black case. It's money. I I like this watch a lot. I've known I like this watch, but I've just never really wanted to spend money on it. So picking it up for 40 bucks.
1: I'd call that a vanilla DW5600. No, it absolutely is. And that is not at all a pejorative vanilla no. in this context. I, I also call my Speedmaster a vanilla Speedmaster.
0: I uh I don't particularly like how hard it is to depress the uh, time set button. All yeah. the rest of the buttons are easy to work. I did them in. Insula- I worked them in insulated gloves just fine, in nitrile gloves just fine, and barehanded just fine. Oh, you've seat. got one button that's a little stiffer than the rest. Of uh them. no, the set time button because it's depressed oh, and hidden. I had sure. to use a, a headphone jack to depress it. <laughs> Boo. Whatever. Now I n- won't accidentally change the time. Yeah. Hopefully on. The the time change hours, days. I'm near a uh, pen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have pens by you all the time. You, always, yeah. Always. We all do. Yeah, that's
0: right. So that's anyway, right. your watch news.
1: My watch news. Oh, so uh, I, <coughs> I I recently, and some of you guys will have seen this, but uh, I a new watch, a new watch brand. You know, God, just what the world needs—a new watch brand. Uh, but a new watch brand caught my eye these last couple of weeks, uh, there is a watch company that's just been announced by sort of an old-school watch homie. Not my homie, just watch fam homie. Uh, but Rusty, Rusty from Nth Watches, uh, I, I believe Rusty is, uh, was the lead designer behind the Nth Sub case. And also, I think that he did a lot of the... <coughs> Um, final production work on the Devil Ray Devil Ray case. The, okay. nth, the Devil Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rusty has started a watch company. Oh, um, and and it's called Atticus Watch. Atticus Watch or Atticus Watch Company, I assume something like that. But Atticus is the brand name. <clears throat> and Rusty's
0: first watch is a dress, a, a sport dress watch, a dress sport watch. So the way we called it this year for what the the watch of the year is going to be? Because we called this mm-hmm. back in, like, what, December of last year? Yeah. That this was the year of the dress sport. Mm-hmm. What's next year's watch, do you think? You do you know, think I, dress sport's going to hold on for a year?
1: I think it may, yeah. I, I think that dress sport may hold on for another year. Um, I think that if there's uh, a tweak to that, it would be towards pilot watches. Mm. Uh, so dress sport pilot watches. I think to... to like diminutive ne- pilot watches? Yeah, maybe not diminutive, um, but you, you know, yet, mm-hmm. certainly in the range of, of pilot watches. But that 38 to 40 millimeter uh, dress sport in a pilot style, I, I think that we're going to see... I could dig that, yeah. Some 5.56 five, styling. I think we're going to see a lot of um, big loom numerals. If I had to guess, I'm just guessing. This is a wild guess. Um, I don't feel anywhere near as strongly about this as I did that the dress sport watch is going to be the next big thing. But, um, yeah, if I had to say where is it going to go, I think that that would be the direction. I also think that um, some true diminutive um, dive watches are going to come out this next yeah, year. Yeah,
0: we're starting to see some see some of those, some 38 millimeters. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: 38, 39, 40 millimeter dive watches um probably dressier than what we've seen in the last 10 years Going towards skin diver kind of feel yeah that's yeah. right I, I think we're gonna see that so but atticus watch so he uh he has a website there's not a lot on it right now i think that there's five renders all the same case it's a 38 millimeter by 20 millimeter lug Um, it's got a 20 to 16 bracelet on it, which is going to be, I'm sure incredible. Cause, Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I say I'm sure is because Rusty being the sort of, uh, main design brain behind the subs, you can see that design language. I mean, I mean, I think some of it's in the font choice, some of it's in the render style because I think Rusty literally did all Chris's renders for the nth subs. Uh, but this feels to me very much like an extension of Nth Watches. In fact, I'm a little surprised that this isn't just Nth Watches. I, I don't know what the decision-making was there. And um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll know more. Maybe we get Rusty on the show to talk about it. And if he'd come on, I'd love to have you, Rusty. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, To <clears throat> talk about that because... This seems to me like a very natural progression for Nth watches. And maybe Chris didn't want to get into it. I don't know. I don't know. But
0: it seems to me like maybe it's a partnership breaking into a different market.
1: Could be. Who who knows? And Nth is pimping the heck out of him because Chris and Rusty are super good friends. So who who knows? There's some there's something happening there, and I don't know what it is. And and I don't particularly care. I mean, it's not super important to me, but uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting idea. But check them out, Atticus watches. Uh, there's a number of them, five of them, and they range, there's a snowflake, I think, and there's a, a pilot style and there's some more field style and a dress style. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how much they're going to cost. My guess would be between 450 and 600, um, on the primary market. That would be my guess, but I don't, I don't really know. And I haven't been able to find that information, but somewhere in that range would be my guess. Cause, and they're going to be. Um, in that same caliber as nth watches, probably that would be my guess. Because I, I imagine he's using the same exact supply chains. I would,
0: I would think so, coming from the same DNA and background. Right, right. So, with that, with that, should we get into <laughs> we got the main because topic because we we got a lot of ground to cover here.
1: <laughs> so I haven't counted these yet, Um but. 5, 10, this is like 13 or so watches, and and this isn't exhaustive, this isn't exhaustive, this isn't every watch I own, but last week we did a, a collection inspection for Andrew, and this week we're doing a, cole- a collection inspection for me, Everett. Um, I've taken all of the watches that are in regular wear, and, and even a couple of them that aren't in super regular wear, um, but are sort of available to be worn uh, on a daily basis, <clears throat> I've done what we do. I've gone through and I've scored these all. I've gone through and I've scored these all uh, with our forty and twenty rubric. Also, someone asked me the other day if um, we have any sort of proprietary inclinations towards that rubric. Um, I I thought it was kind of an odd question, but but the answer is no. Um, no. Yeah, we do. It's trademarked. Right. (laughs) You have to pay us to use it. You know, this is not you know. A, I I don't think it's it's developed enough to be something that we would uh, feel strongly about. It. And B, it's just it's just numbers, right? If you if you wanted to use the same thing or a similar thing, um, I, I think that would be great. And, and if you if you wanted to say, "Yeah, I got this from four, those guys at Forty and 20, that's cool. And if you don't want to say it, that's fine too. Uh, no, I don't feel any sort of um ownership over I <laughs> <laughs> do you feel the same andrew
0: oh uh, yeah this was a this is random at best right like <laughs> arbitrary is maybe a better word for it yeah because this is by no means exhaustive it's not gonna and, and it tends towards a more versatile watch this isn't gonna do well for dress watches right this isn't gonna do well for traditional pilots watches this is a i mean a people like us who need a watch to do a couple things right and a couple things well watch and it's pretty
1: subjective it's pretty subjective and it's sort of one size fits all too in in a in a in a thing that's not in in a um collection that's not one size fits all at all at at all so so to start so my first watch so my first watch this is a watch that i don't talk about very much and i frankly i don't wear it very much i don't
0: think it needs to be talked about a whole lot yeah
1: that's right. So but this is uh, this is the watch that I was wearing full time when I got my my most my SKX, my first sort of collector's watch. Prior to that, I was wearing a Timex Easy Reader. This is a thirty five millimeter. This is the sort of faux Tina hands and numerals with uh, I'd get, call it kind of a gunmetal dial. I really, really like this watch. Uh, most of you don't know what the Easy Reader is. This is very similar to a Weekender, a little bit smaller. This is a 35 millimeter case. Um, I do really like this watch. Uh, Andrew, you said, just kind of glancing over all my watches that I've laid out, you said, good Lord.
0: I thought it was a wall clock. That <laughs> I was looking around I was like when did you get a quartz wall clock? <laughs> it is so loud. It's absurdly loud. Through the case over the heater that was going in this room over you talking I could still pick out that movement You're just banging away. Yeah. Yeah, no it's noisy. It's
1: no- it's super noisy. Um 30 meters of water resistance but I've worn yeah. this in the shower over 200 times would be my guess. Maybe more. And they cost that. what 40 bucks. And they cost 40 bucks. So love this watch. It scored on our rubric and again to remind you of the rubric we've got up to 11 points for water resistance mm-hmm. 10 points one point for every 10 meters of water resistance up to 11 points uh size 10 points for size 39 millimeters is the gold standard uh, uh one point for every half millimeter a deviation away from that movement up to 10 points strap
0: up to 10 points oem strap just so we're clear hmm Everett's scoring of his own watches is not based off of OEM straps today it is based off of the strap that he wears it on which is important to note because I would give the I don't what do you what do you have the strap on the easy reader at oh. or or the HK or even the AMW like I think that's an important yeah an important uh factor to include that these aren't the OEM straps that were scored today.
1: And so the easy reader, I've actually got this on the strap the h 1963 came on. Uh, I don't love this strap. It it's, doesn't taper at all. Uh, it's fine. It feels nice. The leather is trashy. Um, but for what you get, the ED63, it works just fine. The The only thing I'm sad about this is that it doesn't taper and so I can't really use it on any strap I'm going to wear the ED63 on because it's an 18mm buckle. Mm. 18 millimeter lugs, 18 millimeter buckle. And so... I'm going to wear the ED63 on a tapered brace or a tapered strap. So, yeah. which, which I feel like you should. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Easy Reader. That K I gave that 30 points, which is an incredibly <laughs> low
0: score. I think of all the watches we've scored. That's an incredible. <laughs> well, but it, yeah, to think of of the watches that we've looked at, we know we were looking at the most the best objectively or objectively best watch under fifty bucks. So we're looking for watches that had reasonable lume, reasonable water resistance, and this is this tends towards a lot of dress watch stylings. It's small, it has no lume, and that that those two points in and of itself are going to drop you from a from thirty five to a forty, yeah, or from a thirty five to a thirty in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's right. It's got a terrible movement. Um, I looked at your scores and I concur. I probably would have tended a little bit higher in some areas, but sure, but I concur sure uh so the next watch actually and and this surprised me because i really
1: love this watch but the next watch that popped up on my list it was the uh ed 1963 and this does bad in a couple of areas one one it's got no loom and it's got no water resistance so
0: but again it doesn't
1: eh. that's right so a true dress watch is
0: not going to do well in our scoring rubric um and I don't know that I would call this a true dress watch. It It is styled towards sure. a true dress watch. And I, I think it probably should have loom. It probably should have at least 50 meters of water resistance because this is an aviation chronograph. Sure.
1: Sure. Uh, no, and I don't disagree with you. Uh, it would be nice if it had loom. But I wear this as a dress watch. Everything else is so good about it. And, and that's what I want it to be and in my collection. I want it to suede. be. Chocolate suede. Right, where this thing did do very well. It got a 10 on the strap. And that's not because the strap edge chips on is good. It's because I have this on my Chocolate Suede EA8 leather strap. And I fucking love this. Uh, so money. I love it. I love it. It's the best strap I own. I mean, without a doubt. It's one of two watches that I'm going to talk about today. They got a 10. Um, Yeah, total score on this is 45. And I'll say at least... Well, how many is that? Six of my watches get between forty-five and fifty uh, on the rubric, and and that's so close. This would have done a little bit better uh, if it had water resistance, or if we were factoring for no water resistance and no loom, If we were factoring, it's I wear it as a dress watch. It fits that purpose very well. It's my main dress watch. I it fits
0: love that it. What, that that purpose perfectly. If you were <laughs> to put this on black leather, it. I mean you fool everyone that it's a dress watch. The size is right. The styling is right. The color on this, this kind of champagne with black subdials
1: Yeah. Oof. Yeah,
0: it's a gorgeous watch. So, next up on my list, this is a watch we don't talk about a ton, or maybe we do. We've talked well, about it I think it we plenty. talk about the BMW a lot. And also, I think, uh, in the way of affordable watches, is the most prolific in media. Yeah, we've talked about that, I okay. think, right? It just shows up all the time. It's in the office. I saw it in Parks and Rec. It's in... Obviously, Arnold movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't get a lot of sort of lip service
1: in the collecting community. I think that truly affordable collectors know what it is, um, and a lot of them have it. It's a little big, right? 45 millimeters, um, which is which is what hurt it the most. In, in this discussion, it gets a zero um, on, on size. But I just, I love this watch. I wear this on a Toxic Magnum.
0: And it's so... It- it's so perfect on that strap.
1: That's right because the case is kind of angular mm-hmm. and chunky and that old uh ISO frame style strap just sits perfectly. Um this watch wears fairly thin and I really like it. It's a really good weekend watch.
0: Oh, it's perfect weekend watch. It's it, a good
1: fishing watch, good on the boat watch, good uh, grilling watch. 100 meters of water resistance. Yep. Uh it's going to work for everything you want to do. It looks it looks solid. It it's stayed in very good shape. Um Notwithstanding me <clears> not being particularly nice, I, I like the pushers on the left side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the crown on the right, pushers on the left side, which lends it some symmetry. Uh, obviously, that Anna digi dial, super cool watch, and I just love it. Mm-hmm. It's one of the one of the first watches I picked up, and uh, I don't wear it as much as some other stuff, but I just I'll never get rid of it. It's it's a poor man's Breitling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah. It, yeah, it it serves that same function as a Breitling, you know, without being... A I mortgage? Don't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, without being a mortgage payment. So, uh, love this watch. Not much more to say about it. Next one that comes up is my Bertucci. Mm-hmm. My Bertucci B1-T. Uh, I have a white dialed... Bertucci B1T. This has got the older dial with the yellow shield on it, which I really like. I like it. It looks that. like a Ferrari logo. That's right. <laughs> Every time I see that, I'm like, is that Ferrari collaboration? Uh, you know, this watch, uh, this watch, I don't wear it as much as some others, um, partially just because it doesn't really have, uh, it doesn't have a home uh, in, in terms of the types of things I would do to wear this. This is a, a true sort of yard work watch. mm mm-hmm. um, you, you know I, i'm not going to be sad at all if i bang this thing up and it's been banged up a ton I, it was actually in pretty bad shape when i bought it um i have this on a and jack nato which is actually too nice for this watch i agree yeah <laughs> it's too luxurious for this watch you know this thing comes on that sort of antimicrobial uh foam rubber type thing which i actually really like it on it um but I just don't have it out, you know. I have mm-hmm. a couple straps out. This is one of the straps I have out, and so it sits on this thing. But I, I wouldn't wear this
0: strap to do the things that I would wear this watch in. The problem with the Bertucci is that you can't wear anything more than jeans and a T-shirt before it looks weird.
1: Yeah, that's right. Even no. in a
0: polo, it looks weird. That that's right. You, you know, this would be a good
1: watch for you. This would be a good watch for you. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any sharp uh, edges. It's titanium. Nothing to catch. You know, mm-hmm. the one sort of disadvantage would be that mineral crystal. Um, yeah, those are still pretty pretty durable. And it's recessed. Yeah. And it's recessed. So this would be, a, a, I think this would be an interesting service watch. I'd, I would dig
0: that if it were on, uh, if it didn't have the fixed lugs. Like if I could put a rubber strap on it. Sure. That would be, that'd be money. For work. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I dig it. Cool watch. Uh, Lumon, it's not great. What did this? This thing came in at a 46. Both the AMW 320 and the Bertucci, 46 points.
0: That seems right. Yeah, that seems about right. N- next watch. And, and this
1: one's too low. Um, I
0: agree. and But I think the H, the HK is is too
1: low. Yeah. Th- this one's too low. And, and it's too low for, for a couple reasons. W- w- one um neither the water resistance or the size are all that good so so just let the cat out of the bag this is the dan henry 1972 and um there are watches above this that i don't like as much as this one mm-hmm. um this one gets a lot of wear time i probably wear this every week at least one day a week uh versatility right i don't feel bad at all wearing this with a dress shirt
0: no no it has all the right finishings. It has all the right appearance. I I wish it was just a touch more polished, rather than that all blasted steel. Yeah, uh, I mean the the bracelet is terrific on it. It is one of the lightest steel bracelets I think I've ever felt. And it's an H link, so
1: it's mm-hmm. super comfortable, uh, super flexible, and yeah, super super light. Uh, I don't love the clasp on the, the the clasp looks fine. It's a scissor clasp. It operates fine. Just something about it. I mean, eh, it's not my favorite clasp. Mm-hmm. It, it feels a little chunk. It just feels a little chunky.
0: Mm-hmm. If, if It kind of reminds yeah. me of the uh, of the prototype for the clasp for the uh, Nemo. Oh, yeah. A, a little mm-hmm. bit, right? It just
1: doesn't. It's just not super smooth. But, you know, for, for what you pay for these things, $350 bucks brand new for
0: this guy. <laughs> um, I don't it, think you can get
1: them anymore. I think they're probably gone. No, they're not. Oh, he's, are they? Yeah, uh,
0: he he's not sold out. You can still buy these. Oh, because all all of his are limited edition, aren't they? They're just sing, single run. Because I w- I went and looked at the, uh, ooh shoot, what did I look at? Quote unquote limited edition. Well, I, I went and looked at the uh, the nineteen seventy the diver.
1: Yeah, he has sold out of the that orange nineteen seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's sold out of a couple watches at this point. So, um, but that you can still buy out. these both in the blue or both in the blue silver and the black and red. I'm, I'm almost positive for both of them but yeah, uh great watch I absolutely love it. this is uh my sort of versatile sport watch. I wear this when I want to be a little sporty um but also it, it's it's even enough in terms of it's it, it's not offensive at all It wears pretty thin um, the
0: the meter is internal so it doesn't have an external bezel yeah, dig it. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the nice thing about both of your chronographs is both of, well, th- all three of your chronographs is they can fill that dress watch, like that dress sport void uh, in a way that a, like the SSB or an external racing chronograph can't, and both the Dan Henry and the Speedy are by design racing chronographs, but both are able to kind of step above that traditional styling and slip a little bit more into a dress sport
1: yeah like no that. that that's right and, yeah. and i think that's why i like chronographs because the the chronographs that i'm interested in are by and large pretty um pretty easy to wear or pretty versatile i guess is mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say yeah so next up what we got i've got a caveat for this one so this is my snk 809 that's the black dial seiko snk pilot field watch pilot style feed watch um or flieger style field watch Flieger. um this thing was scored oh so at the 1972 1972 gets a score of 48
0: okay yeah no that, that makes sense this I S- probably would have got to
1: 51 on it yeah yeah, yeah. you and you you scored okay. everything just a touch higher than i did this snk 809 i've i've graded this as modded it also comes in at 48 so uh just just to talk about this, this is the original dial This is that Seiko 5 SNK dial, but everything else has been touched by and large. Um, The case was brushed. Well, you said your SNK came in at 48 modded? At 48 modded, that's right. That's right. Uh, So, and what did you score your SNK at? 48 stock. 48 stock. So, Mm -hmm. I'd probably be 45, 44, Mm -hmm. 45 stock. Uh, We have that around here somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where it is. Um, But my SNK? No, no, we have my scores for the stock SNK. You didn't fill it out. You? Old- <laughs> no, I mean when we did our Best Watches episode. Our yeah, man, objectively whatever. Best Watches episode. Whatever. Um, So this thing has, I, I brushed the case on this thing. I polished the bezel in sort of that Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, Hamilton Khaki King style, uh, polished the crown on it, and put a double-dome sapphire crystal on it. And I'm wearing it currently on a Hadley Roma, or not Hadley Roma, a Hirsch Liberty strap, which is just a totally killer strap. Mm -hmm. Um, So this thing did pretty well. Uh, I love the strap on this thing. That Um, that
0: brown leather on there is such a good combination.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish I'd gotten the more red. I got the dark brown Liberty. I kind of wish I'd gotten the more reddish.
0: Like the Merlot almost?
1: Yeah, it's a little lighter. It's a little bit browner than that, a little bit more orange than that, but... Um, i'm totally good with the strap i really enjoy it um yeah i i don't think we need to talk about an snk except for the fact that this thing's been fairly significantly modded as modded it uh, could
0: it fits as a dress watch
1: yeah and i don't really wear it as a dress watch although i do occasionally i wear it more of a as a sport field watch mm-hmm. but um yeah N- not obviously not a ton of water resistance on those guys right uh, so it gets low marks on water resistance. Like 30 meters good marks on size Good marks on on movement you know mm-hmm.
0: it's the, got the
1: yeah the 7s 7s26 movement in it um I've given it good marks on the strap because it's on that Liberty uh you, you know it's interesting I was looking at all my my aesthetic scores my look scores uh they're all by and large eights nines and tens and I thought gosh it, is that really even possible am I being too generous well yeah
0: these are the watches I bought and the, yeah, they're the watches you like. Right. <laughs> so it makes sense. It and this is sense. scientific. Right. This is <laughs> objective, peer-reviewed data. That's right.
1: That's right. Uh, durability, good marks, uh, loom. It, it doesn't have much in the way of loom. Um, and it's still Seiko loom. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Which
0: is, which is going to be better than your Bertucci. Better than... It does have better loom than the Bertucci, I mean, better definitely. probably better than your Dan Henry. Better than the Amphibia. I don't know how it stacks against uh, against your Hamilton.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the loom is pretty comparable to the Hamilton. Okay. Yeah, I think the loom is pretty comparable to the Hamilton. So next up, my GWM5610, also a mod. This is that positive display. The one of a kind. One of a kind, 40 and 20 limited edition. Positive display, white, <coughs> white cased, white strapped GWM5610 G-Shock Square G. Um, the GWM 5610 being the solar iteration mm-hmm. of the standard DOW 5600, and we did compare the two. Uh, the case is very subtly different; nothing notable. Mm-hmm. Um, very very small difference. A material,
0: like an actual material difference.
1: Yeah, the materials are different, and and I think the shape of the case is just so so different. Mm-hmm. They're they're not the same. Um, but yeah, this thing does amazingly well. Right, uh, this thing came in at. And even 50, and even 50. Um, wh- where did this thing do really well? I think this has one of my highest movement scores. I gave this thing a nine on movement. Okay. And that is one of two watches that got a nine on movement. You don't have to say, but I bet you can guess what the other one is. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I gave this a nine, and, and I give this a better movement score than the DW5600 because it's solar. Because it's yeah.
0: solar, uh, tough solar multi band six. Yeah, that, um, that's that's even above an eco drive in the way of coolness for me. Y- yeah, right.
1: And, and you know this thing is gonna work. This thing's gonna work in in any sort of I mean barring a um, uh, escape from New York style EMP devastation type world. This thing's just gonna work. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna work. Even if the multiband satellite systems go down, it's still going to keep reasonably accurate time for like a billion years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think this is a pretty great movement. Uh, that's obviously a subjective thing, right? It's not a fancy movement. There's no guilloche. Who cares? Or Geneva striping on it.
0: But we're not talking about how pretty is the movement. We're talking about how functional, that's right. how useful, and how much we like the movement. Yeah, that's right. So, I'm I'm actually surprised. I I forget your movement score on the amphibia, but I'm surprised that wasn't a nine or a ten. Also,
1: you know, I I haven't talked about the amphibia yet. Um, well, we're about to. That's yeah. why that's why I brought it up. <laughs> uh, movement score, yeah. So so a a nine. For the for the GWM fifty six ten movement for that tough solar movement that compares uh, to to the previous ones we've talked about the the Easy Reader I gave it a three on a movement because that movement's a turd mm-hmm. it's so loud the HK sixty three so good this I gave is the nineteen oh one right the Seagull St nineteen oh yeah. one or. ST-1901,
0: yeah. yes. That got an 8 because it's a super cool but mechanical chronograph. it's dangerous, that, is the issue with it. It's hard to maintain. It's prone right. to errors. I probably would have tended a little bit lower. I probably would have given it a 6 or a 7 just because it is notorious yeah. for having issues, which makes sense. Well, and I gave, it, I gave it a
1: bump from the 7S26. So my 7S26 watches get a 7. Okay. My Dan Henry got a seven movement score, and that is that Miota alarm chronograph. Which is cool as shit. That's right. So seven is a good Mm -hmm. movement score. So it won't surprise you when I tell you my next watch, which is the, again, as modded Boktok Amphibia. This is an AM Diver mod. AM Diver is a German company that sells, that machines bezels and makes bezel inserts for standard um Vostok amphibious did you
0: get a different what was I forget your project for insert putting a new bezel insert in yeah so I got another bezel insert from am
1: diver and installed it in this thing why did uh, you have to file it because they have two sizes there's a weird thing uh I, I don't know am diver's weird They've okay got so but two, it came from the am diver ecosystem yes okay Continue. Yes. Yeah, I did have to file this because there's two style sizes of bezel insert. Um, but the this is a teal insert coin edge style bezel. If I had to go back and do this again, I wouldn't buy a AM diver. I would buy a Murphy bezel for this. Uh and the reason for that is that he uses SKX size Finnings, yeah. um inserts uh on his. This is the AM diver is is specific to them. But in any event. I've it. It's in there. It looks fantastic. Uh, this thing came overall I gave this thing a 50. Hmm. Um, it does really well in a few places. So so just because you asked. The movement I gave it a 7. Same same as 7x26. Okay. okay. Um where does it do where does it do well? Obviously water resistance it does well. Um the strap <laughs> It does pretty really well because I wear this on a, a barking
0: jack, right? Barking jack Nano. Yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> um, aesthetic, uh, it does really well. Durability, it does really
0: well. I give this kind of a low X Factor score. Are you I... kidding me? This is, yeah, the like the epitome of X Factor. This is building a watch, like reinventing a watch. This is a whole new universe of r&d like hey we have all these unemployed dudes who are really smart watches exist but we want to build a new one no i don't and they did that i think i think it's full x-factor scores because of the engineering feat that it was to create this watch i don't disagree with with you never mind that it's cool in russian
1: something about the way it makes me feel uh it feels a little tacky to me well of course it's tacky it's soviet well so i give it a lower x-factor score that's my justification that's all you're gonna get out of me
0: Full marks for me for X-Factor. You give, <laughs> you, would you give Would you it a two? I gave it a two out of five. So yeah. uh, this this watch gets a 53 three out of five. Excuse me.
1: I gave this thing a three out of five on X-Factor.
0: So this watch gets a 54 for
1: me. You know, it gets the same X-Factor score as the AMW 320. Disagree. Um, And yeah, is the only other one I got. It gets some of. extra
0: X-Factor and it gets some extra movement.
1: It does better than the Easy Reader. I should hope so. It does better than the B1T. I should hope so. It does better than my next watch, which might
0: surprise you. So, no yeah. other watch in your collection had to revolutionize and recreate the watch. You know, the way I do my X Factor score is how do I feel about it? How do I feel about it?
1: Whatever. So, next. Whatever. Next. 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 One of my personal <sighs> favorites. Probably the watch. This is probably number two in my collection right now in terms of wear time. Okay. Yeah, this is probably number two. This is the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical. Now, some of you will remember uh, a while back, I had both this watch and the newer Hamilton Khaki Mechanical in my hands. I've got a black dial. This is the older dial variant. So same exact case as the modern Field Mechanical, the Mm -hmm. the current version. Um, But this has a... A little bit different dial. The font is a little smaller. It doesn't have that same sort of W10 style, army, army, army uh, uh, thing going on, which I like, right? Mm -hmm. It it seems both more modern. um, It it just seems more modern. I really like Hamilton's font. I like their design choices with this dial. Uh, It's subdued in a way that new one isn't. Uh, it just feels more mature to me, mm-hmm. and so having them both, and I really, I could have had either one of those watches uh, for almost no difference in money, you know, based on what I was doing. And this is the one I went with uh, for a couple of reasons, but primarily I just
0: liked it better. So, I think you made the right choice. I I liked that dial more, also. Y-
1: yeah, I do, and, and you know what? I did a poll on Instagram, you know, which which dial is better, and I think this one did slightly worse. I think they were pretty close. I think it was something like 5545 in favor of the new dial, uh, which was close enough for me to feel like, okay, I'm not being foolish. I like this one better, and that's the one I want. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I would have done what I wanted anyway. Yep. But, you know, yeah, it's nice to air it out. You know, what, what do you guys think? So, um, yeah, I mean, if it had tanked, you might have also got this one in spite. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, by, that, y'all. by that time, I was pretty sure I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wear this probably more than any other watch besides besides. Well, I'll, I'll talk about that watch later. Is that a gray
0: NATO that it's on? Yeah, yeah. this is a gray Barkin Jack. Kind of green too. I like that.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's sort of got that bluish green mm-hmm. gray cast to it. Um, like Ocean. I love that color. Uh, and, and this is pretty much how I wear this. Sometimes I put it on a black.
0: It's so money on a black. On a black NATO, but I really like the gray NATO. Have you put it on, uh, well, what size is it? It's 18, it, right? It's 20. It's 20. You should put it on brown leather. I think it'd look really good on that too. Like good deep chocolate.
1: Yeah, and, and i put this thing on brown leather. I actually like it on a NATO.
0: Oh, it's great on a NATO. I just think it'd look also really good on brown leather. Certainly it does. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, You know, this watch is so
1: thin because it's a true mechanical movement. It's crazy thin. It's got that 28042 movement, which means I think this is my only 28,800-beat watch. Um, ETA movement,
0: obviously, Swiss. Just just cool, man. I just fucking dig it. I dig it. And it's reasonably priced oh, for yeah. what you're getting out of it. Yeah. These are... 700, 695,
1: right? No, less than that. I mean, oh. you can pick up a brand new Khaki Mechanical for 450, Oh, I thought they were a little bit more, but... Um, and, and this one, you can pick this up in mint condition used for 300 all day. Yeah, three bills. Yeah, yeah. 300 all day. Uh, I love it. And that kind of score of... 57. Oh, yeah, so... Uh, Yes, that's right. So the Khaki Mechanical 57, and that starts around four watches. These next four watches all got a 57. So starting with the Khaki 57. So next up, the Emperor Diver. The Emperor Diver, a watch that some of you aren't going to know what it is. Go ahead and Google it. Uh, You can find these used. Plenty of people unloading these things for $250 to $350. Um, This thing just does so well.
0: 11 it, water it, resistance. It is the, the cousin to the EMG Nemo. That's right. For those right. of you unfamiliar with it, if you're unfamiliar with it, you clearly have not been a listener for very long. It's the cousin to the EMG Nemo.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, you know, 40 millimeter <clears throat> case, 20 millimeter lugs, 200 meters of water resistance, fucking amazing loom. Mm-hmm. Um, light up the room loom. That's right. Yeah, light up the room loom. Um, I think it's deliciously good looking i've it's got this super thing.
0: classic 70s styled skin diver
1: yeah yeah i've got this thing on this with the stainless bezel i have the blue dial stainless bezel uh these also come with a pvd bezel 120 clicks super sort of crunchy in a good way mm-hmm. clicky bezel a little hard to turn it's kind of a spaceship style
0: bezel yeah that thin bezel is hard to manipulate but that Big, boxy, sapphire crystal. Mm -hmm. I love this thing. Uh, You you know, I gave this thing kind of a low X-factor score. Even though you were a party to designing it. Yeah. And it's killer. It comes on a rockin' jubilee. Uh, So for me, if
1: I personally like this thing, but I think if I wasn't part of that operation, I might give this thing. I gave this thing a two- X-Factor score, as if I wasn't part of that operation. I love it. This watch is very special to me. Um, With that said, if I wasn't part of that group, get a Nemo. Because
0: the Nemo is cooler. I think. I think the the Nemo is cooler, but if this comes up, and a Nemo comes up, get the Nemo. If only this is up, get this. This is a watch you're not going to regret. You're going to love having it. Because it has all the... The design cues of a dress diver. It has the right sizing. It has the right uh, design uh, DNA to be a super attractive, super versatile watch. On a NATO, it's perfect with a T-shirt. On a Na- on a, on on its Jubilee, it's perfect under a dress shirt. I think it even do well under a dress shirt on the NATO, like a black NATO that you have it on. I mean, it it's super versatile reasonably priced what these are coming at probably used 300 yeah ish, like 250 300 yeah really sort of classic case nice curves to
1: it um you you know when we when we were making these things we went with the nh35 versus the 9015 and so it's a bit tall yeah it definitely is a little bit tall it's a bit tall but the the case actually compensates for the movement under the case sides so it's got that illusion of being thinner than it is Mm mm-hmm uh, but dig this watch and it scored really well 57 on this guy yeah here i am talking to you like you scored it really poorly yeah no 57 it's a, it's a top four yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact it did better I, I like other watches in my collection that came in underneath this one. Oh yeah i like other watches in my collection more than this one that came in lower mm-hmm. because objectively this thing just ticks so many boxes mm-hmm. next up next up tried and true Old trusty, my first watch, my first Thoughtful Purchase. Thoughtful purchase. The SKX 007, Currently on a Uncle Seiko on N Uncle Seiko
0: Z one ninety nine Jubilee strap. Which is money. I think I would Oh yeah. I don't know if, if I got an SKX if I would change out the bracelet to one of the Uncle Seiko's, but the Uncle Seiko is objectively better.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because I sometimes feel like, gosh, this thing just needs to go back on the OG. Um, but this thing just wears so nice. It's so comfortable. It's more comfortable than the than the
0: jangly Jubilee. But, but you don't get the jangle. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> I mean, it's still jangles.
0: I think it's... But not anywhere near yeah. as much. I and mean, that was the difference between like keys in your pocket and reindeer flying overhead. <laughs> that's right.
1: Uh, It's just so much nicer a bracelet that I I have a hard time. I I have a hard time not wearing it on this. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this, you know, uh, where does this thing do really well? Obviously, it does really well on water resistance. Less well on size.
0: Right? Because it's what, 42? Yeah.
1: 43? 42. Yeah. Middle marks on movement, 7. Strap, I gave this thing a 7 because of the Z199. Uh, I like an OEM strap.
0: This thing is an OEM, so it gets downgraded a little bit. I think I think the bracelet, the OEM bracelet still scores a seven for me.
1: Yeah, I give it a six. Okay. Just because it's objectively lower quality, probably. Um, look, I give this thing a 10. It's my favorite watch to look at. It mm-hmm. is my favorite. Out of all of my watches, I am the most satisfied with the way this thing wears on my wrist. Um, which is crazy to think about because I have so I've had yeah. so many watches come through now. I still put this thing on and I'm like Fuck, I love the way that thing looks. Um, the case has that sort of I don't know, this is a weird thing. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before. But the case reminds me of a um like Todd McFarlane pouch. Hmm. Right.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I've always felt like the case and the bezel didn't belong together. Like it was a weird design collision that just kind of happened and mostly worked? Oh, you know, I totally disagree. I feel like they
1: work so perfectly. I feel, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I actually think that the design language on this is, I, I mean, it's my favorite watch. It's my favorite watch. I, I wish that this watch was, a, you know, it. I, I kind of want this watch to have a nicer movement. I could put a nicer movement in it, right? It'd be pretty easy. Yep. Um, I kind of want it to have uh you you know better in, indicators um or indices uh but with that said i don't really like the idea of modding this watch I mean, it, you could you could get another one and mod that one i could i've thought about that a number of times i just don't know if i want to expend the resources in that direction so i can dig that um something about this watch uh you you, you know it was a great first decision for me
0: uh and and i'll never get rid of it i just love it, it Every year around this time, Deep Blue blows out their inventory and does like fifty or more percent off all their watches, and I have always wanted to buy one to side by side it with side by side it with the SKX, because it's a it's a straight rip from the SKX. Straight rip, a little bit bigger, right? Uh, forty four versus forty two. I think. I think you're right about that, but barring everything else, straight rip, and I, I want to do a side by side.
1: You know, I think objectively, the Deep Blue is going to be better. A Probably. better watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be objectively better. With that
0: said, it's not going to be this. And the, the strange part about the SKX is that it can go anywhere. It's not a dress diver. It's not a skin diver. It's, there's nothing dressy about that watch. But it's yet somehow has this, at least in, in like my eyes, and I think in the eyes of most watch people has this kind of heritage behind it that allows it to transcend its appearance to go anywhere, do anything.
1: You know, I think it's a, a, it's got a lot to do with the polish on the case. Those case sides are really elegant. But nothing else about it is. And the bezel, the, in spite of being tall, the bezels, um, it, it's got sort of a bisected top and bottom. It's almost like a two-ring coin edge and, and and it gives the appearance of jewels, right? A little bit, yeah. It's sort of uh it's shiny. It's certainly polished. The bezel edge is what I'm talking about now, right? Um it's got a sort of a jeweled look to it and it catches the light just really
0: pleasantly, but you know? It's dressy. The bezel uh insert is just such a flat color. Yeah. The dial is so vanilla and so tool-watchy. It uh, it blows the mind. <laughs> it's good, though. It is. I, I I've never disagreed. So that's three of four of the 57 watches
1: scored 57. 57s 57s. Uh, and the last one, the last of the 57s, there's one There's one after this, right? The last of the 57s is... I don't have a, a drum roll button. Oh, sorry. You just have a plows Yeah. Yeah, that's not the same. No. Is the Omega Speedmaster. Hmm. 57. Um, caveat. It's an important one. Oh, yeah. Caveat. And, and you didn't like this. I could tell by the way your face. I gave this a couple of extra points in terms of size. So uh, I scored this as if it was 40. And it's 42. It's a 42 millimeter case. And the reason I did this is because it it wears like a 40. And I don't mean that in the same way that you know people say oh well the lugs are shorter so it wears smaller or this or that i think that this thing actually wears more like a 40 than a 42 and i think it's because of your wrist shape well possibly so it does have long lugs right so so in that sense this wears bigger than some 40s right or even some 42s because it does have long lungs and it doesn't work on your wrists because you've got those tube sock
0: wrists i do um but that, with that, that said that the sock would fall down <laughs>
1: Two of those forty-two millimeters are made up of the flange between the case side, case size, and the end of the the pushers.
0: Um, and because I feel like this wears the same on my wrist as the fifty-six hundred, in terms of size, size,
1: yeah, yeah, y- yeah right. So uh, yeah, is that is that right or not? I don't know. I-, I mean, it wears to me like a forty. So, but an important
0: caveat to make which is not to say this watch is too big because it's not no it's just it's a little it's a touch too long for me yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> although putting it on just now it's growing on me it's, it's still just a little bit too big <laughs> like by that you mean you're you're thinking about not taking it off oh i'm not yeah <laughs> i
1: lock the the clasp <laughs> Uh, you know, surprise. Th- it, it probably won't surprise anyone. You know, uh, I'm a man in my first year of speedy ownership.
0: Uh, this thing doesn't come off
1: my wrist very much. No, I can imagine. Uh, that. I wear this th- three or four we- days of every week.
0: Do you storm and norm in it and wear your SKX on your other wrist?
1: No, I had I haven't done that, but I should. Uh, I should. Uh, I, I just love it. You, you know, I, I made a strap for this recently, and I really like that strap. It's sort it's of good. a pass-through leather strap. It looks really good. Uh, but... <laughs> I like the bracelet too much. The bracelet's money. I was like, God, I want that bracelet. So this is one of my two perfect scores in terms of strap. The other one went to the EA8 chocolate leather on the H-Kid. Uh, this strap, this bracelet is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. I, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's comfortable. The clasp is artwork. Um, yeah, I've never seen another clasp I liked this much you know that curvy omega clasp mm-hmm. uh, they're just killing the game you know rolex everybody likes the rolex glide lock and i and mm-hmm. i think they're fantastic uh they don't have anywhere near as much sort of uh
0: beauty i don't think it's it's subjective i, I no i agree with you i think they're i think they're uh, clasps leave a little bit wanting given how deliberate everything else is in the design of those watches. I think
1: supremely functional. M- more functional than anything
0: Omega sells. But I think they just leave me a little bit wanting.
1: They're d- they're just not... uh They're not that interesting, right? Yeah. Um, But fantastic. I-, I think a Rolex clasp is probably significantly better than this. I also... I don't like the way they look as
0: much. I have in my mind that I really want Rolex... On a stretchy bracelet, on a Twisto Flex. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> it just it feels so much more appropriate to me. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I, I can see it like a five digit sub or something. Yeah, on a Twisto Flex. I think that'd be awesome.
0: I don't. I have no answer for you because I feel like the the Speedmaster belongs on that bracelet. But I feel or an like, old
1: date just on a Twisto Flex. I feel
0: like a date just belongs on a on a stretchy bracelet. I dig it, man. I don't know. I like your style. <laughs> okay. So that leaves my last watch. This is my
1: last watch. And and we're only an hour. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. We're good.
1: <laughs> okay. So my last watch. And this one just does so much better than everything else. Uh, in every category. Yeah, basically. And su- super affordable. Super affordable. So this is the Sarb
0: 035. Gosh, I had the 033 in my... Amazon cardigan the other day. I didn't buy it. You didn't buy it. No. No. I'm going to wait to buy any watches. This, I'm going to, I talked a little bit about it last week. I didn't want to buy watches this year. So I got one watch in this calendar year and it was the Recraft. And I got it as a birthday present. But I wanted to, you just bought a G-Shock. Yeah. So That's what I'm saying. Barring this, if I found any other watch at 44% off, I would have bought it that watch like if I could have spent under 50 bucks on a watch I really wanted I did it and it was this one instance with the g-shock but I wanted I bought a lot of straps this year I wanted to appreciate the watches that I have more I wanted to create some more versatility with the watches that I owned so like I almost bought a um oh what did I almost get I almost got the uh oh the uh Laurier Falcon oh yeah but they were sold out Luckily, because I was I, I was ready to buy it and you were like, I can text them. I was like, No, 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 no. This is this is a good thing. So but anyway, I think I that that'll be on my
1: I think 2020 you're gonna buy a couple of watches, that would be my guess.
0: I'm gonna buy a good handful of watches next year. Probably <laughs> probably four or five. I like it.
1: I like it. So yeah, the SARB, I mean, right? Hundred meters of water resistance. So it gets which you know, we, we made that water resistance score. Bias towards 100 meter watches right mm-hmm. they, they can get a higher score for doing less mm-hmm. uh, 100 meters because that's everything you need you need 100 meters right you really don't need anymore you don't unless you don't. you're doing technical diving it gets a, a fantastic score on size movement i gave it an eight
0: this i gets
1: agree a, a good movement score a- and the reason for that is this gets the same movement score as the 2824 in the hamilton khaki
0: what was the movement score on the speedy
1: Oh, I gave it a I gave it a ten on movement. Yeah. In ter- oh no, nope, nope. I didn't give anything a ten in terms of movement. I gave the Speedy, so that's got an eighteen sixty one, and I gave mm-hmm. that a
0: nine. What's a ten?
1: A ten, I think, would be something better. You know, maybe a maybe a a coaxial uh, would oh. get a ten. Okay. Um, maybe a one of these chronometer quartz. Um. You know, very, very high end quartz. Like one of the, sp-
0: a spring drive would be a 10
1: for a you. A hack, yeah. Certainly a spring drive would be a 10. Um, but, you know, give some room, right? Because an 1861 not a perfect movement, but it's fantastic. It's really damn good. It's really damn good. So this gets an eight in terms of movement. And that's because it's got a six R. So same mm-hmm. as the 2824 in the mechanical, the hacky. The hacky king, huh? The, <laughs> the Hamilton khaki mechanical. Uh, you know, a little bit nicer than the 7S. I think Hacky's a good
0: nickname for it.
1: Hacky, so. the Hacky. <laughs> um, it does really well in terms of uh, bracelet strap. Yep. Uh, it gets an eight because I love this bracelet. It's it's quirky. Some people don't like this bracelet. I think it's great. Uh, a nine unlooks. Yeah. Um, an eight in durability because I wear the shit out of this thing. I've stomped this thing. Um, yeah. And and it still looks fantastic. Uh, L- Loom it gets a three because the Loom's salvageable, and,
0: and X Factor gets a four fifty nine. This is a very, very good watch. Mm-hmm. Very good watch. I, I mean, I think in in the realm of affordables, the realm of the under five hundred dollar watch, it could be one of the best purchases. No, I think it I'm, is. I'm hard pressed to find, off the top of my head, a better, more versatile more better more, more highly spec'd watch it, it's it for me if you if you say hey i have a watch i wear a, i wear
1: uh, a shirt uh to work um i, I, I want most it people to... wear
0: shirts to work there are, there are very few professions that don't when i say a shirt i mean a shirt with buttons okay cuz i was think lifeguards and strippers are the only two people <laughs> that don't
1: I mean a sh- I mean a shirt with buttons. Mm-hmm. Um boxers you, you know, I I want something to be dressy, versatile that also looks good in a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um totally versatile yeah, cuz you throw that thing on a NATO and dang. Cuz cuz what are the watches <laughs> that we compare this to? You know, there's a number of micro brands that are certainly that Atticus we talked about mm-hmm. earlier is a very similar watch. The Falcon
0: I, is super similar. I think yes. the dial is 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 inferior to the SARB dial. I I if We're looking at straight objective comparison that textured dial loses some of the versatility, it, it turns it sportier than dressy. And mm-hmm. this is a perfect collision of those two things. But we've got the whole Laurier line,
1: yep. A- any um, number of these dress sport watches that have mm-hmm. come out in the last year, um, are comparing you, you know, but but what else, what else in sort of big
0: watch world, the PRS? that that uh Tissot there's a couple mm-hmm. Tissots that compare I think it's, some of the citizens do but they just mm-hmm. don't get the same specs out of it uh you've got um This is it. I mean at the price point, yeah, this is it. This is it. It's the best watch under 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's I, I mean
1: almost without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I love it. Totally love it. I'm so glad I have it in my collection. Um I do sometimes think gosh, would I like the 33 better? Um Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like a black dial, but this thing, just the this sort of white cream dial is so is, bright. Yeah. That is the status of my collection. State of the collection. My collection inspection complete. Woo. How do you feel? We powered through a lot. I, You know, I'm sorry. You guys, we got this suggestion from Mr. Cortman. I, Doc Cortman, he, he really wanted it. So we give the people what they want. Mm-hmm uh hopefully you wanted this hopefully this wasn't terribly boring um because it may have been fuck this may be boring
0: we didn't talk about our invictus though
1: you know we didn't and we need to talk about that we'll save it there's been a problem with the Invictas. it's a problem with the way they attach the dials oh no to the movement we're figuring it out and when we figure it out we'll get back to those
0: uh and our one year anniversary giveaway and our one-year anniversary,
1: but we're not going to do that big giveaway until I figure out the <gasps> issue, and I will figure it out. I believe in you. <laughs> so if you're wondering, where's the giveaway watch? It There's an issue. We're figuring it out. We're getting there. Done. Other things, Andrew, my friend. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how about I do another thing? And then if you have one, then you can talk about it. And if not, you don't. Do me. I saw The Irishman in the theater this week. You saw it in theaters? Yes, I did. It's on Netflix. I know. And I went and watched it in the theater. And I recommend you watch The Irishman in the theater. It is gorgeous. Totally gorgeous. Go to the best theater you can find and watch it. And it's not Star Wars lasers. Um,
0: There's nothing visually... um, there's some visual downsides to it. Outstanding. uh, The effects on Robert De Niro were odd. They were odd. You you know, and we were
1: talking about this, Kim and I were talking about this. I think it was the eyes because I think everything else, but there was some uncanny valley uh, with De Niro's character. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I recommend seeing it in the theater. Uh, Yeah. I recommend seeing it in the theater. I thought it was so good. And and I wanted to see it in the theater because I am a sucker for Scorsese uh i'm a sucker for pacino i'm a sucker for fucking joe pesci can we give it up for a second for joe pesci i think we always should uh i I think joe pesci is maybe one of the most underrated actors of the late 20th century uh you, you you know he's the second fiddle he's a little bit uh silly right he's silly
0: I think it's because he has all the behaviors of a kind of
1: 80s slapstick comedian. Yeah, he's my cousin Vinny. Yeah. He is my cousin Vinny, Uh, but phenomenal. His performance in this movie is totally, totally incredible. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, Joe Pesci as Russ Buffalino bruschetta all
0: right i'm ready for my other thing right, so i watched <laughs> the first half of that movie uh at, because it's three and a half hours long so you for me not going to the theater i had i had to break it up i think that's reasonable what i broke it up with was just going to a different movie yeah <laughs> whatever and i watched shot caller ooh, another netflix movie and it leads with uh so the lead is Nikolaj Koster Waldau, waldo i don't know it's jamie lannister bruschetta yeah it's swedish or some shit i don't know i'm american man let's leave it at that it's jamie lannister and it is the story of a just a white collar stockbroker I love how our other things is. Let let me check
1: my Netflix watching history.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, no, so I so I have... I, it doesn't matter. No, no, I think that's reasonable. So, uh, it's this white-collar stockbroker fella who ends up going to the clink. And he gets a relatively short sentence, um, but... As we do for our white-collar stockbroker criminals. hmm but... Because, you know, they're white. They should... Well, but because his, white. Because do do his crime him? was violence against a person, he gets housed with all the other violent criminals. Good. And as a result, he gets tangled up with a white power gang. Not good. And over the course of his, the balance of his life, he basically becomes the white power gang king. And it is the story of his ascent to power, and his personal conflict with that. And I think it was a really really beautiful telling of the uh, of how easy it is to get into that world and how it and and how just totally normal people end up there. Mm. Uh, like the like that breaking point that you see out of out of people and like, "Well, how the hell did this little angel turn into white devil?
1: How did you become a fucking Nazi? Yeah.
0: And this is basically a story of how, uh, how homie became a Nazi and became the Nazi shot caller.
1: I I hope it's not overly sympathetic because fuck that guy, by the way. It's
0: absolutely not sympathetic. Good. It is, it, I'm not going to give any spoilers on, on on the show, but I'll talk to you about it after we okay after we wrap because it's it it was beautiful the way they told that story and they show that inner conflict. I like it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anything else you got for me today? Nah, bro. All right. I don't think I have anything else. I guess we can pan on that. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Forty and Twenty. Please check us out on the Instagram. At forty and twenty. If you want to support the show, we get our support through Patreon like so many other places. That's how we pay for hosting, um, and and our baby's education and college fund, patreon.com. They're not doing well, by the way. Slash <laughs> forty and twenty. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we
0: like. Bye bye.